In the Gospels, Jesus asks his disciples an important question. Who do you say I am? Over 2,000 years later, this question continues to reverberate in the human heart. Some have only given this question a cursory thought. Others have spent years pondering the answer, searching the scriptures and looking for evidence. This spring, Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry team with researchers and experts who have studied the Shroud of Turin to once again pose Christ's question to you. Who do you say I am? Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hey everybody and welcome to this episode of Sewing Hope. I am Bill Snyder, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, no matter where you're joining us or how you're joining us, thank you so very much for tuning in to Patchwork Heart Radio. Uh, you can always head over to patchworkheartradio.org or patchworkheart.org to learn more about our about our uh, show, uh, different shows that we have and all that good stuff uh, right over there. As always, though, I'm joined on this show by my good friend and co-host, Ann DeSantis. Ann, how are you? Doing great, Bill. I'm excited about this series, as I keep saying over and over again. <laughs> yeah, me This too. is a great one. It is. It is a good one. And uh, I can't believe we're on episode four already of a 10-part series. Uh, we're 40% there, folks. Um, and today we're going to be talking about, on this parenting uh, series podcast, I'm talking about kindergarten, right? So uh, that's, uh, that's uh, super fun uh, to be talking about because I know that uh, kindergarten is um, one of those milestones for children. Oh, man, I finally get to go to school. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Brings back so many memory memories for me, because as our audience knows, and as you know, Bill, I mean, my my children are older, but I distinctly remember all of those decisions that went into what direction we wanted to do in terms of school. And, you know, that's a, a big decision for some, because most kids these days, I believe, do go to some form of preschool or Montessori. And then it's that decision, like, do we stick with what we're doing? Do we do public school? Do we Catholic school? Do we do homeschooling? So I think for this podcast, we're not necessarily going to get into like that per se, right? Because this is a podcast about faith. So we're, we're talking about evangelizing, right? And teaching the kids the faith. So um, everybody's going to choose a different direction in terms of, you know, what you want to do. If you are a parent of a young child, you know, making that decision is, is tough, you know, and, and that could be a whole series of podcasts, right? I mean, yeah. deciding, you know, where you want to send your, your child or even if you want to do homeschooling. But when it, term, when it comes to evangelizing our kids and teaching them about the Catholic church and about the sacramental life, I don't think you can really start too early. Bill, what do you think? I mean, you have a child that's uh, going to be 11 months old next, next month. Yeah. Um, you know, I, do you agree that you think that maybe we don't, you can start at any time, right? Teaching them about something to do with our faith. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, 
there's it's never too early never ever 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 too early to uh share the faith and i think in particular kindergarten is one of those great times because you know again kids haven't maybe reached the age of reason yet uh, you know at least you know formally you know in the church we say that that is uh you know age uh you know second grade right um but but when you have you know seven years old or whatever um but when you have a um you know young kid who hasn't yet reached the age of reason but is beginning to explore and uh and think on their own and for themselves um you know that is beautiful right um like right now my son, you know, he he still crawls for cat food. Like, you know, he wants to play with the cat food um, or he wants to, you know, do things that are not, um, you know, good for his, you know, being right. Like it, like like, like he'll, <laughs> he'll be crawling for uh, electrical outlets or, or cords. Right. Like, and, you know, you got to pull them back and you got to say, no, you can't do that and whatever. But w- once that, you know, starts to subside and you you begin um, starting those formative years and that really starts with kindergarten right like they begin to explore and they say okay yeah I know that you know reaching in the light socket's not a good idea for me and I know that you know eating cat food is disgusting so like I'm not going to do those things but but now I get to explore and I get to think and I get to see uh, and I get to name the different colors and I get to know what they are uh, I get to count uh, you know and all of those um, beautiful things that you know we we experienced in kindergarten i mean i'll give you my experience from kindergarten i was uh with the early learning center in uh, immaculata college out in uh, pennsylvania uh, at the time with sister francella i mean i had a religious nun and it was beautiful it was great right um and again it's that time of exploration it's a time of learning it's time of realizing hey i'm capable of doing something right um but yeah, I mean, you know, right now I'm not at that stage with my son, but um, it's a beautiful stage for you to just think about and be, um, you know, engaged in with your child. And so as they explore putting those things of faith before them, right? And, you know, Anne said, uh, you know, okay, we're not going to give you advice on, you know, you know, again, that's a whole other series of podcasts about, you know, whether we send you to Catholic school, you homeschool, or you do this, you do that. Um, but, but as a parent, uh, when you reach that stage, um, making sure that you're presenting the faith um, at home in a wonderful way uh, that, that captures imagination, that captures the exploration of that age. Um, you know, and, and finding some really solid resources. Uh, the Catholic Church has so many solid resources out there um, to do that. Um, but yeah, I think that that for me is like the area of, of um, you know, focus, right? Like I'm going to focus on, you know, stimulating the imagination of my child, allowing the faith to be presented in different ways. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I, um, that's kind of what I think about that age, um, that, um, gives them an opportunity to explore and think 
and see the majesty of God at that little age. Yeah, that's, they're great points. And uh, thank you so much for your own reflections. I mean, I'm picturing you over at Immaculata, right, with with the sister there in, in <laughs> yeah. kindergarten and everything. Yeah. But um, but you have so much to look forward to with your little son, Elvin, and and people who are watching this the show, this podcast. You know, who don't know. You know, of course, Bill has that young child who's uh, his first child, Elvin, who's 11, going to be 11 months old, and. You know, you can kind of foresee the future a little bit, I think, when you see your child grow in terms of that age. And and I think the biggest thing, me being a parent of older, of course, you know, kids that are now in their 20s, is that instilling in them the love of God. I mean, that's I think that's really number one, because when they're really little like that, like, say, Bill's son's age, you know, they're, they're not going to grasp everything to do with Catholic. And I know Bill said on one of the podcasts that you know, you wouldn't be saying a rosary or chaplet of divine mercy in the middle of his playtime or something, you know, like, in other words, he wouldn't, you wouldn't be taught, you know, although they can be exposed to those things, right. And being around a beautiful prayer, such as the rosary, but it's really just instilling in them that love of God, taking them, I think taking them to church where you show them the altar and you teach them the blessed sacrament, right. Where teach them that that's where the blessed sacrament is. That's Jesus. That is something that you will receive when you get to that age of reason and you get catechized enough that you are prepared to, to receive the Eucharist. And I think when we're talking about kindergarten age, we, we're talking about preparing them, right? Preparing them for what is to come. And that would be, of course, celebrating the sacrament of reconciliation when they're maybe around seven or eight years old, depending on your diocese or archdiocese what age that is. I think it's usually around the second grade. I don't believe they do it before that. And then with Holy Communion, I believe that most of the time it's either going to be second, third, um, maybe fourth, but I don't think it really goes beyond that, um, usually around the second or third grade. And so if you think about it, when they're in kindergarten, they're going to be around five or six. They're only a couple years away from that. So it's the perfect opportunity to teach them about this wonderful gift of receiving the Holy Eucharist. And I think when you talk to older adults who reflect back on why they held on to their faith, I don't know, Bill, if you've experienced this, but a lot of them do refer to that first communion. They refer to the fact that they remember, you know, that beautiful celebration of receiving Jesus for the first time. So I do think that it's a time of preparation, even at a really young age, right? Even starting in around kindergarten to get them excited, right? Really excited about the fact that you are going to be receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And that's something that they'll never forget. They're going to take that with them for the rest of their lives. Bill, I don't know if you have any recollections of preparing for communion when you were a little boy. Oh, sure. Um, you know, again, you know, again, that doesn't happen to you like your K or seven or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I always think um, back to my first communion because of a picture that my mom and dad have um, of me receiving first Holy communion. Actually, it's after we received first Holy communion on the way out of the church, you know, my, you know, they, you know, they tell you no pictures and please don't snap pictures. And what is the first thing your mom does is snap a picture of you um, because she's, uh, you know, loves photography, but uh, she, she took a picture of me walking out of the, of the ceremony, not actually receiving uh, Jesus, but walking out of the ceremony for the first time. 
after receiving Jesus. And there's just this smile on my face, you know, that is contagious. And this picture, you know, sits on my dresser at my parents' house. Uh, and every time I go there, I take a look at that picture or whatever. And I see it there. And I, and I think often like, you know, um, do I receive the Eucharist with the same joy that I received it there? Because clearly I was receiving it with joy. I may not remember, um, you know, the first Holy Communion day, uh, but, but I certainly look at that picture. I go, man, I must've been having so, you know, this incredible amount of uh, love in my heart. Um, and so, and so I always think back to that. And I think, you know, again, you know, when you're in kindergarten, when you're in, you know, first grade and the first half of your second grade year, like that age is a time to be instilling that joy of the Lord, right? Like, and, you know, I hope my son has a smile that big when he, when he leaves the church, you know, and you're able to take pictures and all of that. Um, you know, so that, that right there is, you know, a, an important thing, right? Like, you know, instilling the joy of the Lord and it takes a few years to build that foundation. Like I know next time we're going to talk probably more in depth about the Eucharist and all of that, because that'll be the age bracket we cover. But, um, you know, I would say that, you know, when you look at kindergartners, you've got to lay that foundation of joy of the Lord. Uh, and, you know, first grade too, like laying that foundation and giving kids the experience of God, that God is good and that God is fun and that God wants the best for them. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and I think oftentimes in our, in our Catholic world, we, we don't like to talk about the joy of, of the Lord. We talk about all the rules. We talk about all the regulations. We talk about this. We talk about that. You know, we're arguing about doctrine. We're looking at stuff on Facebook and we're seeing, you know, different factions of the Catholic church and different sides of the Catholic church. The reality is God loves you and loves you so intensely and so crazily that it gives you a joy that you just can no longer contain it. It is seen in pictures. It's looked at beyond um, just, just the, the walls of, you know, Facebook, right? Your Facebook wall, it's beyond that stuff. And so I feel, and I think that laying the foundation is so important. So, you know, um, it, I mean, it starts at the youngest ages. Uh, we talked about getting your kid baptized. If by, uh, you know, if you, if you've got a kindergartner and they're not baptized yet, um, baptize your kid, <laughs> you know, um, but beyond that, it's just giving them reasons to be excited about the Lord, giving them reasons to say, man, you know, I, I love our priest, you know, introduce the priest to your kid, make them have a little conversation before mass with your priest or after mass, you know, um, all of these things build that excitement. And, you know, um, we were just, I had my son up at church for an event that I was doing uh, not long ago. And, you know, the priest was just glowing, right? Like he was, I mean, he was just, man, Elvin, it's so great to see you, blah, blah, blah. You know, when Elvin's 11 months, he can't respond back. But, you know, those experiences in kindergarten, those experiences at any age are like, man, the church is a positive place. It's a good place. Um, and, you know, so, so introduce your family, introduce your children, um, and, and take the lead if you're, you know, if you're a dad, take the lead and, and, and make sure you, you know, your kids are experiencing that because it gives them a joy that, 
um, and a positive experience of the church, which is something that, you know, uh, kids definitely need. Yeah, I love everything that you just said. And, and you, you said the word fun. And I do think that kids have to associate, right, our faith with this is something really good. This is something positive. This is something that makes me smile. Yeah. Now, we also know that God and our faith in the Catholic Church is something that will help us through tough times. Now, they'll learn that as life goes on, right? But I think in those initial stages, it's important that they associate it with something very, very good, positive, and, and wonderful that they're excited about. They're excited to share with other people. And I do want to mention, too, especially when we think of our uh, Protestant and Christian brothers and sisters that teach their kids uh, very much about Holy Scripture and Bible verses, that's something we can do, too. I mean, we can read our kids uh, the Bible. We can get, get little board books and different books that teach them about the, the books of the Bible and the, the Bible stories, right? So these are things that you can do with your kindergarten age child. You can not only the sacramental life, right? We can teach them the liturgy of the word, right? That's what it is at mass. It's, it's the liturgy of the word, teaching them the importance of both the New and Old Testament. I remember when my kids were little, teaching them all those stories like about about Noah and about Abraham and about Joshua and then all the different other characters of the Old Testament. And then you can, of course, teach them about Jesus once you get to that New Testament and all the characters in the New Testament. And there's all kinds of great resources. I know that we've had on our podcast, Gene Egoff from Perpetual Light Publishing and other wonderful authors. So I definitely would invite you to check that out. Just Google it, Perpetual Light Publishing, or go on social media and check it out, you know, because there's wonderful Catholic authors that offer so much for this age group. And Bill and I are just so honored that we've uh, interviewed like just so many people. I think we're already up to past 180 podcasts here on Sewing Hope. And now we're doing this beautiful series on parenting. So we just want to mention that you can go back in our archives at patchworkheartradio.org and you can watch and listen to some of those podcasts that we've had with wonderful Catholic authors. Now, I just pulled up something, too, from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, which the website is the usccb.org, and it says under children, I'm just going to read a little bit because you, of course, can go on your own and read it. It says, while the catechesis offered within the family is ordinary, informal, unstructured, and spontaneous, it is no less crucial for the development of the child's faith. In a certain sense, nothing replaces family catechesis, especially for its its positive and receptive environment for the example of adults and for its first explicit experience and practice of the faith. The catechesis of infants and young children nourishes the beginnings of the life of faith. And, and again, just go to the usccb.org under children. Um, but I do think that this time of kindergarten, you know, you're going to be very focused. If you're a young parent, you're going to be very focused on just the basic education of your child because it's that first year of like, quote, formal education, aside from preschool. So you might be really focused on their ABCs and their one, two, threes and their science and the different topics, but just never to forget that this part of who they are is something that will go way beyond the just reading, writing and arithmetic, right? It's, this is something that will carry them through from now until the rest of their lives and will be the treasure of their life. So when you make that a point of making teaching your child the Catholic faith, the sacramental life, Holy Scripture, going to mass, 
and Bill said, even relationships with religious priests or, or priests within your diocese and letting them see, hey, this is somebody who's in their vocation that really loves what they're doing and gets to know your family, Bill. I appreciate that you brought that part up, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm, I come from, a, you know, a, a somebody who has seriously discerned priesthood and has lived with priests for 18 months, <laughs> you know. Um, so um, I understand the value of, of that experience and um, understanding that when you live with religious or you live with priests, um, that, that there is a, a beautiful side that many people don't get to see of our, of our priesthood, of our religious, um, and integrating that into your life, understanding that, um, priests are people, um, with a very special, uh, set of gifts to bring, uh, Christ into the world. Um, and so, yeah, I think just making sure your child, they don't need to be living at the rectory. I don't mean that. What I mean is, you know, making them a part of your life, you know, I, and this is just a, a point for many people, um, many men too. uh, make sure that you're taking care of your spiritual fathers, right? Make sure you're taking care of them every once in a while, invite them with your family to go to a baseball game, right? Like invite them out to dinner. They, they may not always have the time. They may not always say yes, but that invitation to say, Hey, let's go catch a ball game. Um, and just let them have some time away from the stresses of their parish, just like you need stresses, a uh, time away from the stresses of your job. You know, they're living this 24 seven. And it's also wonderful for your kids to then see, Hey, yeah, father, father Mike comes with us to a brewer game or he comes with us to a Phillies game or whatever, right? Like that's, that's so important. Um, and it's a, and it's a beautiful part of life, right? Um, that, that we can be in a social setting um, with our priests. And then that makes the mass even more special, right? Like, hey, we're not at Miller Park right now watching the game. We are, you know, seeing those gifts and, those and the beauty of our faith on display. Um, you know, so, so engaging with the religious, I mean, if you have re close religious sisters, many people have religious sisters who are part of their family. Um, you know, my, my uh, sister-in-law has a religious sister that's part of her family. Um, and she did the invocation at their wedding, uh, their, their wedding reception. Like, you know, there's ways to integrate this into your family life. It is, there are ways to do this. So, um, you know, integrated in um and and uh, your your kindergartner will be blown away and so thankful that you've done that that you've made an effort to you know invite your priest out to dinner uh have him over every once in a while and i know um it's easy for those of us who are in ministry if you're if you're not in ministry um i, I know it's a little bit more of a challenge right like you know we have this rolodex of priests dan and i you know we're like oh we got these we got too many priests in our phone you know we could we could call them up and go hey you know can you talk with my son or can you talk with my daughter and they'll go sure you no problem but yeah if you're not in ministry i understand it's a little more difficult but 
take the risk and you know after mass one day say hey father like come over for dinner uh, i want to go to a ball game with us it'll make all the difference uh, in raising your kids yeah beautifully stated and it's so true and and i think at that kindergarten age is a perfect time to for your son or daughter or your family to get to know your the priest at your church the religious that you might know and having that relationship and i believe bill that we do have to wrap up i'm really excited about the next one that we're doing which is ages six to eight so be sure to listen because we're really going to talk and unpack uh, the sacrament of reconciliation and the eucharist thank you so much bill oh yeah absolutely thank you ann and uh until next time folks uh May God bless you, your families, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into those broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos 2. In the Gospels, Jesus asks his disciples an important question. Who do you say I am? Over 2,000 years later, this question continues to reverberate in the human heart. Some have only given this question a cursory thought. Others have spent years pondering the answer, searching the scriptures and looking for evidence. This spring, Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry team with researchers and experts who have studied the Shroud of Turin to once again pose Christ's question to you. Who do you say I am?